Beloved, our text for this morning is from Ruth chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. I'm not going to read those verses again this morning, but we'll spend time in those verses, so we'll be covering them in some level of detail. Well, there's an expression that we often use, don't we, when dealing with someone who is a bit crusty, a bit grumpy, or even someone who has dealt with us unfairly, someone who's been unkind to us, and they treat us with a measure of hostility. And that expression is this, as we grapple with how to treat them, we we use this expression, we, we kill them with kindness. We kill them with kindness. Even though they're treating us wrongly, even though they're hostile to us, even though they're unkind to us, our response to them is one that is filled with kindness. We use kindness to overcome their animosity, their negative impressions, even hatred. We shower them with kind words, with kind deeds. Every turn, you deal with them in kindness and you you overcome their, their attitude towards you. Kindness overcomes that barrier that they've, they've put up between you and them. Kills the negativity between you and them. We kill them with kindness. Or in the words of Proverbs, we heap cools of fire on their head. Not literal fire, but this kindness that burns, isn't it, doesn't it? that convicts them. And so we see that as we deal with others in kindness, this is even more so how the Lord deals with sinners. We've heard throughout the series on Ruth how it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. What was it that brought Naomi back to Bethlehem, the place of of God's fullness? It was the fact that she heard with the ear that God had visited His people in giving them bread. The very news that there was bread in Bethlehem brought Naomi back. The goodness of God led to her return, to her repentance. We've also seen how Naomi returned. Her return to Bethlehem was not stellar. It was not exactly in a positive way that she returned. She returned in bitterness of soul. She returned questioning God's ways with her. In fact, as we saw in chapter 1, the way she constructs the argument of God's providence is that the totality of God's providence is against her. She's bitter. In fact, she's, she's almost hostile against God for, for doing what He has done to her. She's living in spiritual darkness. She's backslidden. She's, her heart is crusted over, as it were. Her perspective has darkened so that she cannot see the, the kindness of the Lord. How providence is serving to bring her back to the place of fullness. God has not left her alone. God has not left her alone. 
It continues to work in Naomi's life. And this theme reemerges in the narrative God's kindness. God's kindness. Naomi couldn't see that as she returned from Moab. But she will see it by the end of the chapter. God's kindness rekindles faith and joy in Naomi's heart. That's our theme this morning. The thrust of this passage that it's the kindness of the Lord that rekindles faith. Faith rekindled by kindness. The kindness of the Redeemer's person. The kindness of the Redeemer's potential. And then thirdly, the kindness of the Redeemer's provision. Faith rekindled by the kindness of the Redeemer's person. In the last messages, we've considered how Ruth was a recipient of Boaz's generosity and his kindness, his grace. We saw Ruth's response to that, to that grace. We saw how Boaz pictures Christ in his lavish grace and generosity. The heart of Christ desires for us to return home with spiritual fullness focused on Him. As we considered chapter 2, we saw that in one sense, Naomi is left to the side in the writing of this narrative. But now the lens of the narrator comes back to Naomi and shines the spotlight on her. God deals with each person separately, as it were, and yet together, collectively. It's the beauty of God's grace, isn't it? In one sense, He deals with us individually, and yet He does so collectively as well. When He deals with one person, it's as if He's dealing with all of us at the same time. And that's what we learn from this narrative as well. The lens of Scripture shines clearly into Naomi's heart this morning, and I pray it would shine clearly into our heart, that in the light of God's Word, we would see light, we would see our own hearts, and if our own hearts, if our own faith needs rekindling, that we would be rekindled or be kindled for the first time as we consider the kindness of the Lord the generous heart of Boaz. Well, we left Ruth last time staggering home under this weight of the grain that she took back from the fields of Boaz, an ephah of barley, roughly 30 to 60 pounds of barley. No small weight to lift for this woman to go home. That weight of Boaz's generosity. She comes in through the door of the home. 
Her mother-in-law sees what she gleans. Verse 18, she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. Beginning of chapter 2, Naomi encourages Ruth to go to the field. She doesn't know what's going to happen in the field. She doesn't know how Ruth is going to come home. Here, Ruth comes through the door with this, with this weight of Boaz's generosity on her shoulders. In chapter 1, verse 6, uh, Naomi had heard that the Lord had visited his people and giving them bread. But now the Lord goes one step further in dealing with Naomi's heart, and he shows her so that she now sees that the Lord has given his people bread. God's provision and fullness makes its way closer to Naomi as God deals with her in his kindness. God's kindness is inescapable. It cannot be escaped. It will pursue His own. And we see that in the life of Naomi. The evidence of God's kindness is right in front of her eyes. Ruth lays it all out on the table, the bounty that she takes home from the field. She gives to Naomi that she had reserved after she was sufficed. You recall that Ruth left Boaz's meal with leftovers. In verse 14, he reached her parched corn and she did eat and was sufficed. And in our Bibles it says, and left, indicating that Ruth left, but it could also indicate from the original Hebrew that she had left over. And that's exactly what we see here in verse 18. His generosity at the meal had spilled over into Naomi's universe now as Ruth comes in and shares of that bounty that was left over. She had taken in as well from the field. Boaz's generosity reaches all of the senses of Naomi. The aroma of the grain, the sight of the grain. The touch of the grain. It's all there. All speaking of kindness. She has heard and now she sees. Evidence of the Redeemer's person. Evidence of His kindness. Evidence of the Lord's kind consideration for these two lonely, destitute widows as they enter back into Bethlehem. This history has lessons for us this morning as well, doesn't it? It reminds us this morning of the Lord's kind consideration in providing evidences of His kindness and generosity pointing back to His person. That's how we need to use this history this morning. Not just to end in Boaz, not just to end in Ruth and Naomi in this beautiful love story of, of these on this, on this human level. No, it... It is to teach us who the Lord is in His person. 
Maybe you've only heard of the Lord's kindness in providing spiritual strength and restoration in Christ, and you've returned to Him. There are still a lot of questions and and misunderstandings in your own mind, perhaps bitterness, perhaps anger towards the Lord because of some providence that has come in your life. Well, the Lord comes again this morning to teach you through this vivid picture of Boaz caring for Ruth and Naomi that He is a God who feeds hungry sinners with Himself. He holds nothing back, but He gives liberally, He gives generously of Himself. He doesn't just give the benefits and withhold Himself. No, His benefits remind us that behind the generosity is a person, is the Lord Himself. Yes, He speaks and He feeds with His own hand. Maybe like Naomi, you become embittered through providence, or if you're, you're emerging from this place of spiritual darkness, a wrestling with the Lord, backslidden perhaps. The Lord comes this morning in His Word, beloved, and He lays out evidence. So you might taste and see that the Lord is good. pointing to His provision in Christ, inviting those who cannot deny their need of Christ to come and to to take advantage of Him, to feed on Him in the gospel, to avail yourself of His person, not to remain far away from Him in bitterness of of mind and of heart, but to come. Maybe you look for evidence in yourself that the Lord has begun His work in you or is continuing His work in you. And of course, that's helpful and necessary for us to do in the Christian life, isn't it? But that internal, that personal evidence will never emerge apart from considering the evidence of the Redeemer's kind consideration, providing evidence of His grace. You see, it's upon the bedrock of the objective truth of who Christ is as our Redeemer that the internal evidences come forth. As fruit. We cannot divorce the internal evidences of grace apart from the objective realities of who Christ is and the fact that He provides for us again and again in the gospel. And so we have to come back to His provision as we see Ruth and Naomi doing here in the narrative. As all this is spread out, Ruth asks a question. Verse 19, 
And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today, and where wroughtest thou? In essence, she's asking this question, who is behind this generosity? Where does this bounty come from? Where, who is behind all this food? Children, maybe when your mom comes home after doing groceries, you, you open the pantry door. You see all the food there. You see all the snacks that you you delight in. You say, Mom, where did you get this stuff? Where did you get this food? You're so excited at what's in front of you. In a sense, that's how Naomi is responding here. There's there's almost an excitement. Who's behind this? Where, Where did you get all this, Ruth? beyond her wildest expectations. She had never expected this. A desire to know more of of what's behind it. What's the story behind it? Naomi's emptiness is being filled from this mysterious source and she wants to know more about it. And then she exclaims with these words, Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. It's not just the location where Ruth gleaned that Naomi is interested in. She's interested in the person behind this display of generosity. Her question turns into exclamation, Blessed is he who has taken knowledge of you. The one who has shown Ruth this this kind consideration is divinely favored. That's what she's saying here. She notes his actions that did take notice of thee. Now we remember who Ruth was, don't we? Ruth was a Moabite, a stranger. One who was relegated to the corners of the fields by the law of Moses. What she sets here on the table is is much more than just the corners of the field. Something must have happened in the field that has led to such bounty, such provision. Ruth who should not have been taken notice of, was taken notice of by Boaz. A stranger led to the very center of the reaping activity as we saw last time. Boaz's words make it easy for her to to pick up and to glean. Blessed be he of the Lord that has taken notice of thee. This Moabite stranger was noticed by an Israelite farmer. There's more excitement, as it were, here as Naomi exclaims these words. It's as if she's emerging from that darkness. 
at the display of this generosity. God uses this providence in Naomi's life to help her understand who God is better and better. Perhaps this is your response, your exclamation, your question as you see the wonderful generosity of Christ in the gospel. Entirely sure of its origin, yet speaking of the one who has taken notice of you. A measure of wonder that God would take notice of someone like you. Blessed be he that has taken notice, not just of someone else, but of me. A measure of wonder, desire to know more of who is behind this. Well, the evidence this morning in the Word of God reminds us that God Himself in the person and work of Jesus Christ is behind the bounty of the gospel, the riches of His grace, His lavish provision, His gracious providence that brings us back into the, the place of fullness. So we can exclaim with Naomi this morning, blessed be he that has taken notice of us. It is the greater Boaz who takes notice of strangers and uses his provision to thaw our cold hearts, to rekindle faith in his provision, in his person. Listen to what Ruth says as her mother-in-law asks and exclaims. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought and said, the man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. She shows her mother-in-law. Ruth reveals who it was that had showed her such kindness and such grace and such generosity. It's Boaz, mother. It's Boaz, the one whose name means In him is strength. He is the one that has noticed me. He is the one who has wielded and and taken that strength of of his and, and bent that for this provision for you and myself. He is the one who has taken his generous character to enfold Ruth into his family, to allow her into his fields, and to send her home with such bounty from his fields. Boaz, mother. That's Boaz. The one in whom is strength. Well, that name is music in Naomi's ears. The name of Boaz, God uses to take Naomi's embittered soul and bring it towards the joy and delight in the person of the Redeemer. Believer, who's behind the grace that you receive? Is it not the greater Boaz who can transform your perspective through who he is, through his provision, 
There's evidence right here this morning to the person of Boaz. You hear it. You've read it. You've seen it time and time again. Not just in the preaching, but also in the sacrament where the Lord comes very low to remind you of His gracious person and provision. You come with all your questions. You come with your exclamations, yes. All to learn that it is the greater Boaz, it is Jesus who stands behind everything that you've ever received. It's His kindness that rekindles faith and trust and hope and joy in His person. What does the name of Jesus mean to you this morning? Because we have to go higher than just the name of Boaz this morning. The name of Boaz brings us to Jesus. The one in whom is everlasting strength. Certainly a look at yourself highlights your weakness and sin. That's all we'll ever see from our side. But as the greater Boaz, he bends his power and strength to move heaven and earth to bring you to himself. That's what he's doing with Naomi. Not just bringing her to Boaz as her redeemer. We'll see at the end of the story, at the end of the narrative, that Naomi's not trusting in Boaz, she's trusting in the Lord again. Here we see very clearly that it's providence serving the progress of redemption. The entire narrative of Ruth is is leading to that very point, moving from Ruth and Naomi to Boaz and then ending with David, pointing us again to Christ. If that was true in this narrative, it's true for us today as well. Providence serves the redemption of sinners. Everything that happens in our lives is intended by God to bring us to Christ. Think back to when you first came to Christ. What a delight it was to trace how how God did that by His Spirit. Look back over the course of your life, that providence, this twist, that person, sadly even that sin God used to teach us vital lessons and to bring us to Himself. And now, how does God bring us to Himself again? Tracing that same providence. 
back to himself. Here's a bitter woman whom God deals with in kindness, leading her to the person of the Redeemer. That's what God is doing this morning as well. Is your heart bitter? Is it restless? Is it anxious? Are you tempted to to take things into your own hands this morning in the life of faith? Here we have the name of the Redeemer, the greater Boaz, the name of Jesus, the person of Jesus. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds, doesn't it? Will you be persuaded by who he is? as you hear and as you see who He is. Does that not rekindle your faith and hope and joy in Christ? And two, there is the Redeemer's potential. What is it that He's going to bring that is going to bring redemption. As Ruth shares Boaz's name with Naomi, it's as if her heart is, is all of a sudden rekindled. It's like the flame bursts to life again. It's like blowing on the coals of a campfire and all of a sudden that flame jumps into life again. In verse 20, we read these words. Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. The first thing to notice in this verse is the use of Naomi's name. In the preceding verses, the writer uses only mother-in-law to describe Naomi. Now there's a shift to the use of Naomi again. And notice too that though Naomi wished for her, for the women of Bethlehem to call her Mara or Bitter, the writer of this book never uses that name. Continues to use Naomi, which means pleasant, which means sweetness. The use of her name at this point in the narrative has this dramatic effect of demonstrating this rekindled faith. She's no longer bitter, no longer marked by bitterness, but God has turned things around to bring pleasantness and sweetness back into her soul through this display of kindness from Boaz. The second thing to notice is what Naomi actually says, blessed be he of the Lord. She notes that Boaz is blessed of the Lord. What is Naomi doing here? She's tracing the blessing back to the covenant faithfulness of the Lord. This can only be of the Lord, this provision. 
But then she continues speaking, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. Who is it that has shown this kindness? Some think that it simply refers to Boaz. But if we follow the grammar of the sentence, Naomi's actually referring to the Lord here. Blessed be he of the Lord. The Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. The word kindness here is a word that we may have heard before. If it's not a word we heard before, it's certainly a word that we need to be familiar with. The word chesed simply means covenant faithfulness, covenant loyalty, or covenant love. It's a Hebrew word chesed which our Bible translate, translates as kindness. Not mere human kindness that we're speaking about. Not acts of kindness that we show to each other in a family. But the committed faithfulness of God in the agreement that He has made with sinners in the covenant of grace... The Lord has not left off His kindness, His chesed, His faithfulness to the living and to the dead. The Lord is alive, Naomi is declaring here. The Lord has not left me after all. The kindness that has sustained her all along and brought Ruth into the covenant community of Israel and connected Boaz with both of them. This is the covenant faithfulness of God. This is the chesed of the Lord. At the heart of the entire book of Ruth is this idea of chesed. Sinclair Ferguson defines it this way, and helpfully he says, chesed is not simply love or kindness in an ordinary sense, but it means God's deep goodness expressed in His covenant commitment, His absolute loyalty, His obligating of Himself to bring to fruition the blessings that He has promised, whatever it may cost Him personally to do that. God's deep goodness expressed in the blessing, expressed in His covenant commitment, His absolute loyalty, His obligating of Himself to bring to fruition the blessings that He has promised whatever it may cost him personally to do that. This chesed is traced all the way through the Old Testament. And where does it end? In the cross. Displayed in all its fullness for us to see. This covenant loyalty of God by which He has bound Himself to sinners for their salvation so that we might enjoy the fullness of His blessings this morning. That's the idea of this chesed. That's what the Lord is affirming through Boaz for Ruth and Naomi, for all His people to see throughout all ages that God has not left His church, God has not left His promises lying in the dust. 
Here is an impotent woman beyond the age of childbearing as she indicates herself in in chapter 1. She says to Ruth and Naomi, will you wait for me to have a son? Will you wait for that son to grow? No, that's foolishness. Go back to Moab. But God is not finished with Naomi. He has bound himself to Naomi. As he binds himself to sinners this morning in Christ. This is the foundation for the Lord's dealings with Ruth and Naomi. Consideration of this chesed that leads Naomi to a rekindled faith in the Lord. She's being changed by kindness. Changed by this chesed, which has at its center the Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself and His cross, the great cost, the lavish generosity displayed to us in the cross of the heart of God. It's the kindness of the Lord that rekindles the faith of Naomi. It should be nothing less for us this morning to rekindle and to sustain and to keep us walking by faith in God's promises this morning. Faith in God's purposes for our lives, both in providence and grace. So often we ask the question, how can I come to the Lord as I am? How can I come to the Lord as a sinner? It's on the basis of this kindness of this chesed, of this absolute loyalty that God has made, this this covenant that God has made with sinners in Christ. His kindness is that which draws us to return to Him, isn't it? Because there's nothing in us. When we consider who we are, we we know and hopefully confess that we are worthy of eternal condemnation and judgment. But God, in His grace, His unmerited favor, bound Himself in His kindness to draw us to Himself in repentance and faith. It's this kindness that invites you again, commands you to come to feed purposefully on His bounty in the Gospel. Invite you to come to Jesus for the very first time based on who God is, not on on who you are, but on who God is in Christ. And then as we come, We confess with the psalmist, thy loving kindness, same word there, chesed, thy loving kindness is better than life. This chesed displays the grace of God for us in all its fullness. What sustains our life in Christ and and rekindles a heart that has grown calloused and embittered and backslidden towards God. Isn't this the whole theme of the book of Hosea as well? That God has bound Himself to His people, His absolute loyalty to His people in Christ, and He will bring them back to Himself. He will marry them again. Rekindle faith in 
his people. And it's through this chesed that God reconnects Naomi with one of her own family. She says to Ruth, the end of verse 20, the man is near of kin unto us. One of our next kinsmen. A near kinsman. What is the significance of this? Oh, it's the first time that we read the Hebrew word goel in the story. The title of the Redeemer. In the first three verses of chapter 2, we read that Boaz was the kinsman of Elimelech. But here Naomi goes further than just saying that he was a kinsman of Elimelech. In essence, she's saying to Ruth, my daughter, our hope of redemption is tied to this man. By titling him the Goel, the Redeemer, the nearer kinsman, there's a ray of gospel hope and light that shines in the narrative here. We'll see more of this play out in chapters 3 and 4. But here Naomi is grasping again the covenant loyalty of God. The kindness of the Lord as He provides a Redeemer for Naomi and Ruth for the whole human race. Beloved, our life hinges on this turn in the narrative. Our life hinges on this Goel, on this Redeemer. Not just Boaz, but the greater Boaz. And so Naomi's faith is rekindled as she shares with Ruth this happy news. She recognizes the possibility, the potential of this Redeemer as a result of the Lord's kindness. The hope of redemption, the hope of restored inheritance, the hope of a future in this Redeemer. And it's not just for the physical things that Naomi sees this. But the very kindness of the Lord, it's the spiritual aspect of it that she grasps as well. And so there's hope and faith rekindled in the Lord's kindness. The greater Boaz is one of our near kinsmen. Here's not only the possibility of redemption, the potential of redemption, but the very reality of the Redeemer Himself entering into the picture, entering into the narrative of, of human sin and anarchy and rebellion and bitterness and anguish of soul. And He comes and He speaks words of hope and life. He comes Himself. How our faith and joy and hope ought to be rekindled at this happy news. There is one this morning who is perfectly suited, perfectly complements our sin nature. The one who is perfect in himself. The one who perfectly complements our weakness in his own strength. The one who perfectly complements our utter inability with his own power and strength to be our Redeemer. 
Maybe you've come without hope this morning. Hope for your soul. You say, how can it be that I could ever be saved? Well, God's kindness comes to visit you this morning in the person of Christ. And he says, I am here in the word. I'm ready to receive sinners. The nearer kinsman. The one who has strength and power to save. He is our Boaz. And lastly, we see faith rekindled by kindness. And the kindness of the Redeemer's provision. Darkness has gone from dawn to noonday sun. Bitterness has given way to rekindled faith and joy in the Lord Chesed. But Ruth continues to recount what Boaz has done for her. And said to Naomi, he said unto me, Also thou shalt also thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. Ruth is recounting to Naomi what, what Boaz had told her. The place, the extent to which she was allowed to glean in Boaz's field. He opened up his field for her. He held nothing back. He allows her to move from the corners of the field into the very center of gleaning activity. To work where the young men were, where the choicest grain was. Not just for that day, but for every day after that till the end of harvest. Boaz's generosity will continue for as long as needed until she's full. She speaks well of Boaz's generosity, she magnifies Boaz's generosity. Beloved, will we not do the same for those who have received of the generosity of the greater Boaz? As he's opened up the invitation for us to feed on him, not just the sparest parts, but the choicest grain. Not just in the corners of the field, but at the center of activity where he is to be found. Not as strangers, but as sons and daughters, he bids us come. He rekindles our faith, does he not? He sustains our faith, does He not? Does this happy news of who He is not rekindle faith and hope in Him, restoring our soul as He feeds us from His own table of provision, of grace? He does not reproach, but He allows us to glean till we are full and beyond, till we no longer need to be fed in this life anymore. And Christ Himself will feed us. Notice that it's as Ruth is sharing this that Naomi's faith is rekindled. Do you know someone who needs spiritual help? Someone who has lost perspective of who God is. Perhaps a spouse or a child, a co-worker or a friend, someone in church that you know that is struggling. 
the news of the generosity of Boaz that does it for Naomi. Perhaps it's your recounting of Christ's generosity for yourself that can help another soul come to the realization of who Christ is and His bounty. And then Naomi responds with these words, It is good, my daughter, that they go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. Naomi's rekindled faith recognizes that Ruth is safe among the maidens of Boaz. She encourages Ruth to remain with those maidens. The phrase there, that they meet thee not in any other field, could also be translated that they not fall upon you, indicating the dangers of going anywhere else, the possibility of being assaulted. Rekindled faith encourages Ruth to remain in the protection of Boaz. Any other field would pose a danger for Ruth's person but also would pose a danger for Ruth's redemption if she ducks out from underneath of Boaz's protection. Some commentators say that Naomi is being self-serving here, and manipulative. But I think we can argue safely that her rekindled faith recognizes the danger that any other field poses to the redemption of Naomi and Ruth. It's a faith-filled encouragement. She's not manipulating. She's taking hold of what God has provided for her in these moments in the person of Boaz. Going to any other field would be dangerous. It would be reckless and it would be foolish. Not just from a human perspective, but from a divine perspective. Beloved, where are you seeking protection this morning? I trust it's in the field of the greater Boaz, isn't it? Seeking protection in the word and the promise of God in the chesed of the Lord. It's the field of His grace that provides the best protection from sin. You're safe there. Redemption is guaranteed. You can take hold this morning of the grace of the gospel that speaks to the redemption that is in Christ. You don't have to seek for another. Renew your resolves this morning, not to glean in the fields of this world but, and to open yourself up unnecessarily to the assaults of the devil, but remain in the field of Christ. Let's learn from Naomi here as well to, to have these faith-filled encouragements for others around us so that we all remain in the field of Christ. This is what rekindled faith does. Encourages others to remain in the field. Well, as we wait for the redemption of Naomi and Ruth in chapters 3 and 4, we read that Ruth kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. Ruth gleaned both barley and wheat till the end of harvest. 
probably about seven weeks in total when we calculate both of those harvests together. Speaking to us of the totality of God's provision. Not just in the beginning of barley harvest, as they entered into the realms of Bethlehem, but till the end of wheat harvest. A double portion of provision. A sliver of hope at the end of, one, of chapter 1, verse 22. They came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Turns into an abundance of hope and provision. Not just in terms of the harvest and of what they are able to take home, but the fact that there is one now who can redeem them. His name is Boaz. His potential to be the Goel, the redeemer of Ruth and Naomi. She sticks fast to where Boaz is. And she continues with her mother-in-law, dwelling with her, being the sole provider for her. What better way to live this morning than to keep fast in the fields of the greater Boaz? Learning to live out our identity as sons and daughters for those who are believers in Christ this morning. Boaz's bounty continued for at least seven weeks. But how much longer will the bounty of the greater Boaz sustain us in this life and beyond till the end of harvest? Where faith rekindled and, and, and sustained again and again will become sight as we enter into glory. The last phrase of this verse speaks not only of Ruth's loyalty to her mother-in-law, but also the communion of saints. Imagine the heightened level of spiritual conversation in that home after Naomi and Ruth delight themselves in what God has provided and who God has provided. Living with someone who's living in the darkness and the bitterness of soul is difficult. It's challenging. Makes for difficult conversation. But when two people who have been liberated by the chesed of the Lord are able to speak together, what joy and communion and fellowship there is. She dwelt with her mother-in-law. The happy union of two souls focused on one person, the Redeemer. Binding them together. Kindness of the Lord. Providing every spiritual refreshment. Well, we returned to where we started, didn't we? Naomi is overcome 
by the Lord's kindness. The same kindness is just as effective today. Overcome sinners who are outside of Christ this morning. This kindness calls to you to come. To come based on the solidity of the covenant that God has made with sinners in Christ. The same kindness overcomes embittered saints like Naomi, still able to deliver you if your heart has been crusted over, has been misinterpreting the providence of God. We see how God's providence leads us to consider who He is and His Redeemer. It's the same kindness that embraces His own again and keeps them close under His protection, enjoying His provision, and delighting in His person. Amen. Let's pray. Well, let's sing, uh, pray. <clears throat> Lord, we do thank Thee for Thy Word this morning. We thank Thee for how it brings us to the Lord Jesus Christ again. Apart from Him, we do not have life. Apart from Him, we are left to our own devices. We are left to our own bitterness. We are left to our own misconceptions of who Thou art. But Lord, we pray that Thy Spirit would take Thy Word and clear away any misconceptions that we might have of who Thou art. That we might have a proper understanding of Thy chesed, of Thy covenant loyalty towards us. As it is displayed in the cross, the person and work of Christ. Rekindle and kindle faith in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.